heart of the East Coast, this is Sports Raver with your host, a West Coast girl who raves about all things sports, Carolyn B. Today, we're going to talk about my raves. Coach K criticized for putting his athletes first? Is it always on the quarterback to lead? Chris Davis thumbs his nose at the Orioles, plus the latest drama in eSports, my news raves, and the obscure sports report. Welcome to the Sports Raver, where I rave about my favorite things in sports, and I rave against the worst things in sports. Thanks for coming to rave with me. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Gerilyn B. Thanks for listening in. Let's get right into it. In a temper tantrum worthy of a five-year-old, Des Bryant said in a tweet that he was quitting the season. Bryant tested positive for COVID-19 before the Ravens-Cowboys game and was angry that he did not get a chance to play against his former team. In typical Des behavior, he wants everyone to know he is bigger than the game. So much for all the baloney about being grateful for the chance to play again, blah, blah, blah. With that display of melodrama, Des playing football again isn't about the game, it's about showing up the Cowboys. He did tweet later he was drinking wine and wasn't quitting. Does that mean he was drinking wine when he tweeted he was quitting? The time on the tweet was 7.51, which would have been shortly after he was asked to leave the field. Did he have wine in his locker? The NFL may be in for some tough questions after they allowed the game to still be played, stating that no one was considered a high-risk close contact. Uh, what? Bryant was around all his teammates leading up to the game. He was also photographed hugging Dallas players and coaches. Ryan Mink, the editorial director for the Ravens, posted the pictures on Twitter, but strangely enough, the post was later deleted. Hmm. So next week, when Baltimore and Dallas start reporting lots of COVID positive tests, we can be assured the NFL did their job. In a strong statement of unity against racism, two UEFA teams walked off the pitch in protest of an official's use of a racial term during a Champions League game. Paris Saint-Germain and Istanbul Bashak Shahir were in the 14th minute of the match when Romanian referee Sebastian Coltescu referred to Bashak Shahir's assistant coach, Pierre Weibo, by an objectionable racial description. Weibo was visibly upset by the language. Demba Ba, a player for Bashak Shahir, said, why did he need to refer to Weibo as the black one? Coltescu didn't need to reference his skin color at all. He didn't call other coaches the white ones. Why is it so hard to just say assistant coach or call Weibo by his name even? Coltescu claims he's not a racist and maybe he truly believes he's not, but it's the singling out of someone because of their skin color that is the problem. UEFA has launched an investigation, but Coltescu has now quit, preventing UEFA from imposing a 10-game suspension on him. The match resumed the next day with all new referees, and Paris came out on top 5-1. And this week's award for fake self-sacrifice and remorse goes to LSU for imposing a one-year bowl ban on themselves for the 2020-2021 football season. How convenient seeing how LSU is 3-5 with two games left to play. Though the NCAA did waive bowl requirements, there was no guarantee the school would have been invited to any bowl games, but had they been, this sure saves them the embarrassment of defeat. 
LSU is under investigation for stolen money a booster paid to a former player's father, and for the incident of Odell Beckham Jr. handing out cash to players on the field after last year's national title game. The voluntary ban rings hollow and feels like an empty attempt at trying to endear themselves to the NCAA to go easier on them when the investigation concludes. Perhaps they are also trying to improve their image, which has been tainted by allegations that the school mishandled and ignored sexual and domestic assault claims against football players. In any case, the timing is questionable and it seems insincere. This weekend, the Army-Navy game is set to be played at Mikey Stadium at West Point for only the second time in the history of the matchup. The other time? November 1943 during World War II. Traditionally, the game is played at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, a neutral spot, but the city and the state of Pennsylvania did not want the influx of cadets and midshipmen during a pandemic. Makes sense. At least the midshipmen will be allowed at the game to cheer for their team. In 1943, half the Army cadets were asked to cheer for Navy since no midshipmen were allowed in. I'm guessing that didn't go too well. Army is the favorite to win this year. Mike Krzyzewski, the legendary coach of Duke, is speaking out against playing during a pandemic, and NCAA basketball should be listening. The decision to start the college basketball season on November 25th was made by an oversight committee with the goal to play as many games as possible and to get to March Madness. There have already been over 50 games postponed or canceled. With constantly evolving news about the vaccine and the surge in cases and deaths, Coach K is suggesting that whoever leads NCAA basketball, which appears to be no one, should take a look at the new information and reassess whether or not they should be playing right now. And in a strong rebuttal to the demands being placed on the athletes, Coach K announced Duke would not play any more non-conference games and said they would allow their athletes to go home for five days over the holidays. Quote, these are not paid employees, unquote. Alabama's coach, Nate Oates, questioned Coach K's motives, suggesting instead that Duke's losses were the real reason Coach K doesn't want Duke to play. What a bah humbug. Poor players. Recently, there's been talk about the mental health of college athletes and the toll the pandemic is taking on them with not being able to see family or friends over the semester, but especially during the holidays. The players' well-being and health should be the top priority, but NCAA basketball is desperate after the loss of March Madness this past spring. Another cancellation simply can't happen, and it's understandable. So many schools depend on the money the NCAA distributes. But why not push everything? They can still have their tournament, just move it to a later time, temporarily halt the season until the start of the new year and vaccines are rolled out. They won't make as much money by moving March Madness to, say, May or June, but at least they'd still make money and keep some semblance of integrity. After a strong start to the season, Kyler Murray's quarterback performance for the Arizona Cardinals has been, well, a bit of a belly flop. His quarterback rating has plummeted, he's turned the ball over, and he's just not playing like he means it. When something goes wrong in the game, he pouts, he ignores his teammates, he sits alone. He's probably agonizing over whether he made the right choice between football and baseball. And maybe he needs to grow up, be a man, be a leader. But why is it all on the quarterback to be the leader of the team? 
Why does it fall on the shoulders of a 23-year-old to rally the troops? There's a whole field of grown men that should be able to get themselves motivated to help motivate those around them. There's more than one person on the field whose jersey has a C on it, but it does fall to the quarterback. And some of the best quarterbacks, current and past, are great at motivating their teams. Drew Brees comes to mind. I love his pregame circle with his teammates. Russell Wilson is another. He can be seen stalking up and down the sidelines during games, greeting players as they come off the field, giving words of encouragement even if it looks like all is lost. Then there's the story of Joe Montana asking his teammates in one of the biggest games of their lives if they saw John Candy in the stands, all to keep them calm and help them maintain perspective. Or maybe the greatest example of all is Footsteps Falco. Glory lasts forever and all that. The quarterback is most often the highest paid person on the team and the face of the franchise. He needs to share that limelight with the fellows around him. He needs to take blame for the mistakes in the games, and he shouldn't point fingers. He should learn how to bring out the best in his teammates. He should know his teammates. A quarterback that sits alone on the bench sulking isn't going to inspire the other men on the field with him to give more, do better, try harder. Cliché or not, the quarterback has to be a leader of men. Is it a lot to ask of a 23-year-old who's most likely still trying to figure out how to handle the pressure of an organization's hopes pinned on him? Yes. But no one said the NFL was easy. Baseball isn't easy either, by the way, Kyler. the start of the 2021 baseball season creeping up on us, I'm sure the Baltimore Orioles were hoping for a miracle and Chris Davis would retire. But that's clearly not happening. Earlier this week, Davis assured all of Baltimore that he would be around this coming season when he said he wants to keep playing and that he doesn't want his career to end the way it's been. But it's this quote that has Orioles fans crying Grinch. Quote, I understand the club is in a position right now to where they're trying to cut payroll, and I'm the one big lump that they're kind of stuck with. But they knew what they were signing up for when they took the job. End quote. So too bad, Orioles. Davis gets paid something like $21 million a year, which is about a third of the Orioles' entire annual payroll, to do basically nothing. But he's right in saying that the Orioles knew what they were getting and they are the ones who gave him the contract. Would you walk away from that kind of money? No. There's two years left on the seven-year contract, the largest contract in Orioles history, by the way. And even when his contract is up, he will still be getting deferred money to the tune of $42 million. That's right, $42 million in deferred money. The Orioles will be paying him until 2037. Let that sink in. I hope Davis does turn it around like he says he wants to do. It would at least give the Orioles something in return for the faith they placed in him. And I'm sure Davis would truly like to play better. He can't be immune to the harsh criticism that's been thrown his way. It must be hard for a once great player to take all the boos and anger directed towards him when he comes on the field. And that's only going to get worse now with his recent comments. The only way he shakes that is to play well. And after three years of abysmal play, that's a long shot. Davis has said he's possibly willing to work on his mechanics now. I guess that's a step in the right direction. 
though even after he set a major league baseball record of 54 straight hitless at-bats in 2019, yes, 54 straight hitless at-bats, major league baseball record, he said he didn't feel the need to change anything. Hmm. Chris Davis is known to have done some great things off the field for the city of Baltimore and to fight child hunger, but I'd say he gave a pretty accurate description of himself. He is one giant lump that everyone is stuck with. A giant lump of coal in the stockings of Orioles fans everywhere. This year was Riot Games' 10th League of Legends World Championship. The championship was held September 25th through October 31st in Shanghai in a quarantine bubble. Over 3 million fans registered for a lottery to win a little over 6,000 tickets to watch the finals live. The number one seed, South Korea's Damwon Gaming, beat China's Suning 3-1. The games were broadcast in 16 different languages across 21 platforms, and Riot Games just released the eye-popping numbers for viewership of the competition. The peak concurrent users for the finals was just under 46 million. 46 million! And the total number of hours watched for the whole tournament? 1 billion. That's crazy stuff! League of Legends is one of the most popular esports in the world and has paid out over $73 million in prize money since its launch in 2011. The World Championships also touted some big-name sponsors like Mercedes-Benz, Louis Vuitton, Red Bull, Cisco, just to name some of them. And they didn't have a single COVID case over the whole month. Riot Games said that that was the number they were most proud of. Though, I'd say 1 billion hours is something to be proud of, too. So why aren't you watching? The Obscure Sports Report. What? That's a sport? Uh-uh! No way! For all you hurling fans out there, the Gaelic Athletic Association's All-Ireland Senior Championship will happen on December 13th with Limerick taking on Waterford. So get your Guinness chilling and be ready. Personally, I prefer cold smittics, but anyway, what is hurling, you might ask? Hurling is a mashup of lacrosse, hockey, baseball, and soccer. It's often called the fastest game on grass, and the first reference to hurling can be traced all the way back to 1272 BC. The game is played in a stadium on a rectangular pitch with 15 players on the field at one time. The objective is to use a wooden stick, similar to hockey, called a hurley, to hit a ball called a sliotar through the H-shaped goal that is at both ends of the field. If you hit the sliotar above the crossbar, sort of similar to a field goal, you score one point. You can score three points if you hit the sliotar below the crossbar into the net attached to the lower portion, but you'll have to get it past a goalkeeper, kind of like soccer. The team with the most points at the end of two 30-minute halves is the winner. There are tons of confusing rules, too many to cover here, but a few are, the sliotar can be caught in the hand and carried, but only for four steps. Or the hurler can bounce the sliotar on the end of the hurley and carry it for more than four steps. You know, kind of like a golfer bouncing the ball on a club. 
Keep in mind, this is done while running at full speed. The slayatar can be hit in the air or on the ground, and it can be kicked or hand slapped. The slayatar cannot be thrown, but it can be tossed up and smacked with the hurley like a baseball bat. Tackles are allowed, but no jersey pulling, tripping, pushing, or wrestling. The only protection worn is a helmet with a face shield, and these were not made mandatory until 2010. Because the game is played so fast with sticks, and slayatars can be traveling at speeds in excess of 93 miles per hour, injuries are common. The most common is blunt injury to the larynx, obviously. <laughs> All very exciting stuff. If you've never seen a game, don't be an Egypt. Give it a lash. Okay, my fellow ravers, that's a raver wrap for today. Thanks for listening in. And remember, if you swim with a friend, the chances of getting eaten by a shark drop 50%. Thanks for listening to my raves. Become a sports raver too by following me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and checking out all my podcast raves. Till next time, I'm Geraldine B, the sports raver.